Hey listeners, welcome back to Your Manage. And this week we've got another Your Manage Challenge episode for you. Before we start, I've been getting a lot of great feedback about the challenge episodes, but I'm finding that people don't always listen to the interview episodes that go with the challenge episodes before they listen to the challenge episode. And I do really recommend that you listen to the interview episode um, because it gives you a lot of great background for know why we're talking about this challenge and all the context around it. Jenny, remind us what the You'll Manage Challenge is all about. The You'll Manage Challenge is all about helping you level up on your management skills. And we do so in very bite-sized, digestible ways because just managing people, this concept is very, very daunting. But, you know, we try to come up with these challenges for you to go off week to week uh, to practice. And hopefully that helps you on your management journey. And I think our last episode, our previous episode with Usedin is another great example of, you know, a very big challenge. This idea of kind of trying to distill your management philosophy down into something that you can communicate with others clearly. That's a huge challenge. And this week, hopefully, we will take some steps towards being able to bite off a piece of it, whether or not it's something that's new to you or whether it's something you've been working on for a while. But maybe first we'll talk about kind of the takeaways we came away from last episode. Why were these principles so important? Yeah, I think at least for me, I think they're so important because it's just a clear way for you to articulate, you know, some behaviors or ways that you've been thinking. And it's a great way to communicate that to your team so they can use those as tools for themselves as well when they go work with other people. Um, So it's a great way to solidify kind of your own management principles, but also your team's management principles. Yeah, exactly. So establish some foundation for for how you work together, the ways in which you're aligned, making sure you're all pulling in the same direction. And of course, to hear from them as well, whether it's the right ones and adjusting Mm -hmm. as needed. And also great, I think you mentioned, um, great for new team members to quickly be brought up to speed on how your team works when you can articulate really clearly what those principles are. Um, so there's probably lots of ways to to tackle developing principles, whether you know, you're someone who likes to read a lot. You'll notice that Yuzin would have cited lots of, of books and readings that he used, whether you're getting it from podcasts like this one. Hopefully you're learning some things that you're um, instilling into your management philosophy. But this week, we're going to have one which you can really um, actionably do in the next seven days. And that is taking advantage of feedback conversations to really think about and apply your management principles. Yeah, so you know, our suggestion is this coming week, let's say you're about to sit down on a one-on-one or you have some feedback prepared, kind of take a step back and reflect on whether this piece of feedback has been given before or similar kinds of feedback, maybe not just to this person, but to multiple people on your team and maybe try to figure out, oh, what is it exactly um, am I saying here? Um, So one example is sometimes I often have to remind my team like, oh, don't forget to copy this person and this email. Don't forget to copy this other person, copy this team. And I found myself saying that a lot on different occasions and and for different kind of projects and situations. But what is it exactly that I want my team to understand? And it's beyond just, you know, the very prescriptive CC people. Um, But at the end of the day, if I try to extract from that feedback, it's actually just making sure that we're communicating clearly um, to all the people who should know what's going on so that ultimately no one is surprised. And I always 
tell my team, no one likes to be surprised. Um, I think that becomes the underlying principle behind that piece of feedback. And that goes beyond just copying people in an email, but it goes to general project management, right? Like who else um, should know this information? Who else do you need to loop in? Who else should you brief beforehand, before you have this meeting? So that's an example of taking a very specific piece of feedback, but then trying to understand what that bigger picture underlying principle could actually mean. And from then on, then it becomes very clear. I don't have to remind them to copy people. They know because they understand that like, oh yeah, no one should be surprised. I don't want people to be surprised um, when I'm trying to execute on this project. Yeah. When I hear that also, at least for me, um, hearing you say it, Jenny, it helps me frame it in a new light too. It's almost, for me, it triggers like some empathy element to me where I'm like, oh yeah, I don't like being surprised. Like someone else wouldn't want to be either. And when I write that email, I don't think, oh, I better CC Tim because Jenny's reminded me to, but because because I'm like, oh yeah, I, I bet he would appreciate the heads up on this. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a great example of how recurring feedback if you're if you're giving feedback of a certain type or a theme a lot probably it does reflect some belief that you mm-hmm. have deep seated within you and maybe you just haven't had a chance to really think about it or articulate it mm-hmm. yet and it's good to you know take a moment to to think about it or even if it's feedback you're giving for the first time maybe it's useful to think okay what is the underlying principle and maybe it prevents you from having to yeah. repeat it in the future so one example that I came up with when Jenny and I were brainstorming was often new team members, especially junior team members, just don't fully feel like they're in charge of their own time and their stack. And I find it manifested in this problem where people will be invited to meetings, they'll show up, they won't say anything, and then they'll leave and then they won't do anything. And to me, I used to say to people, well, before you go into a meeting, you should know exactly what you're doing there. What are you supposed to get out of it or what are you supposed to contribute? Mm-hmm. It's your responsibility. It's not the meeting organizer's responsibility. It's your responsibility to not let it start without you knowing that fact. And I found that to be useful, but it was very narrowly prescriptive. What are you supposed to do about meetings? And then I take a step back and I think actually the broader principle is this greater idea that you should always feel like you're in charge of your time and your priorities and your agenda. Um, of course, there's lots of inputs that you mm-hmm. should <laughs> take very seriously or that might override something you think, but you're the one who's managing it. You're in charge. So, you know, this general principle that's something like you're never just along for the ride. You're in a driver's seat. Helps them understand that, okay, when I'm talking about this meeting, I'm not just talking about meetings. I'm talking about they're the ones who are in charge of their time. They're in char- ones who are in charge of making sure their time is well spent. And that's why they have to ask, do I need to be in this meeting? Right. What am I supposed to do in it? What do I get out of it? And I feel like the power of these principles is that it triggers almost a mindset change. And that's what triggers your entire behavior, right? And that's why, you know, hopefully with these principles, once you articulate it and communicate it, then you don't have to give that kind of prescriptive feedback over and over again. Mm -hmm. And when you do have to give feedback, it doesn't sound like it comes out of nowhere. Like, oh, I had no idea to expect that. Or like- tie it back to that principle. Exactly, you have the context for it. It's not, and to speak of surprises, it's not, it shouldn't be surprising to them. They should be like, oh yeah, I just didn't apply to that principle to this rather than, wow, um, Harold really gives me a lot of random feedback. (laughs) On what to do about meetings. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So those are just- two examples, but 
whatever it is, just in the upcoming seven days, when you have a feedback conversation of any type, and hopefully those are things you're you're you know having regularly, the giving feedback in in small ways, and take that moment to think: Is there an underlying principle I can deliver this feedback with? And I should note that the principles don't have to sound like pithy um, posters on a wall. I mean, you can phrase them however you want as long as they get Makes the point sense. across. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully you guys can go away excited to kind of start building your 10 commandments like Usedin did um, with this tip. And hopefully it really helps you eventually be able to communicate really clearly with your team about what the standards are, what the expectations are, what the best ways that you believe in working are. And so good luck in the next seven days with that challenge. If you have any exciting revelations, really interesting conversations, brilliant principles, we'd love to hear them. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Yo Manage, and you can also visit our website and find other ways to contact us there. And if you like this episode, um, as always, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and good luck with your challenge.